Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Space Explored Podcast. I'm your friend Jared. I'm here with Seth. Today we're going to talk about perseverance, finding an ancient riverbed. SpaceX gets a new GM for Starbase. Rocket Lab. Ah, well, there's just a whole bunch of Rocket Lab news, so we'll get into that a little bit later. And there's a new commercial space station player out there. That's all coming up in episode 59. Hey man, what's going on? It's been uh, a long time here, and um, yeah, we've been on a hiatus. I uh, I'm like, ah, it's only been a few weeks, and then I checked the yeah. YouTube channel because we did a because it's been so long since that we've uh, done a podcast that we've redone our logo and the website design. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad, and man. So I that's went pretty to YouTube. bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I went to YouTube to update the logo, and uh, and I'm like, oh, it's been three months. We need to start this back up again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah, how's uh, it going, everyone? If you've uh, listened to us in the past, uh, I'm Seth Krakowski, editor in chief of Space Explored, and with me is uh, Jared Sanders, our YouTuber, and uh, we've uh, <laughs> we've been on a hiatus. We but, have. Uh, we have some great news over the last few weeks. I mean, like, well, uh, okay, let's recap the first the last three months real quick. Uh, Starship launched. Um, Starship didn't launch. Starship blew up. Um, uh, rumors of Starship launching again. Um, uh, Starship didn't launch uh, in those rumored timelines. Uh, Starship got sued. Oh, sorry, FAA got sued over Starship. Um, <laughs> how much more uh, Starship stuff can we? Uh, well, can we... <laughs> I mean, yeah. To be <laughs> fair, you know, I, I will say this. To be fair to the audience, and you know, I, I do apologize for for being MIA with everybody for uh, our team being MIA, but. To be fair, I mean, it literally would have been just like Starship every week. Almost sort of like how it was with Artemis, where it was just like Artemis for like yeah. two months straight. And, it, you know, it got a little bit boring, a little bit vanilla. So, um, yeah. So, I'll use that as the excuse. Yeah, there are a couple other things. Yeah, I mean, we had, um, well, we'll talk about some news that happened in the past month later um, in this episode that kind of popped up. Because it kind of came back this week, uh, actually yesterday, yep. uh, with the news. So, uh, we have a couple of stories we're going to do a little bit differently, where I'm going to read off a little a little snippet of the of the news before we discuss it uh just kind of the, to save it and 30 minute runtime we can do it right yes 30 minutes? yep right yeah we're not gonna do 30 minutes okay uh so first T- off minus uh, this week 30 is, uh, and actually, counting <laughs> yeah it would be like peter mckinnon with his five minute you know episodes and just <laughs> put the clock up right doesn't even get through this intro before he gets to his five minutes all right yep. Uh, so Perseverance, in the latest images released by nasa from the agency's perseverance rover they show a potential riverbed Based on the rocks left over, according to NASA, it looks as if this could have been formed from the deepest, fastest flowing river. I haven't read these out loud since I typed them. I probably should have done that. Um, NASA looks, <laughs> some of these sentences are not great. Uh, it looks as if uh, this could have been the deepest and fastest flowing river so far found on the Red Planet. Jezero Crater is Perseverance landing spot, of course, and was believed to uh, once be a large lake with many rivers and its prime location uh, for potential life. So, uh, yeah, this came out, oh, it was like um, last Thursday, I think, mm-hmm. and it's a riverbed. Like, it looks like a riverbed, a dried-up riverbed here in the air on Earth, and it's about to sound from Mars. Yeah, it looks um, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it's super, super cool. Like, a lot of these things, um, of course, uh, Perseverance's whole mission is to actually try to find life from on there, and it's, uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> every time it's like, oh, well, maybe we're getting closer, a step closer to potentially, possibly, maybe finding the possible existence of possible life. Yeah, or at least 
the historic events that led to life at one point, right? This is, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is a cool no, discovery, I right? Don't, yeah, this is, it, it proves the fact that they did land at a crater that did have rivers. Yep. They did not miss. So that was kind of the whole point of, of Jezero Crater was that there was going to be, like I said, there's a, supposed to be a lake and it was supposed to have a bunch of rivers. And um, I think they're going through, uh, right now they're going around a, uh, a river delta-like area. So I, I think we expected them to, to, find, to find this. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, so yeah, always cool to see more news of Perseverance. Also, uh, like Ingenuity has flown like 50 times, I think, or something. Wow. I can't remember what the number is. Is it 50 or 25? I think it's tw- I think it's fifty. Like it's been flying for two years now. That's so crazy, insane. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, in yeah, I, I, I always I still find it like anytime there's an update that it's insane that it's still out there working, <laughs> like functional. Yeah, and it's reporting things like it should be. So I I do find that really fascinating, and that's always cool, and um, just goes to show like uh, the work they put in is actually going to pay off. Yeah, I did the I did the math on like. Because uh, it's I, it's always funny when JPL does missions because they're they always outlive like they give them like such a conservative uh, lifespan mm-hmm. and then they outlive it by like ten times. Um, so like I went through like all of JPL's or all the Mars rovers which are all built by JPL and like what was their what was their uh, their operation like their expected lifetime and then what was their operational lifetime yep. and like what was that percentage more and I'm pretty sure Ingenuity is going to take it, it wins on the what it's month-long uh expected lifetime to be in operational for two years that's so crazy can they please come because, down here and like build our batteries um and you know just like everyday <laughs> like camera batteries like we, we don't even have to get into electric cars let's just do yeah let's just do like regular batteries you know like because to not have to switch out a battery for a couple of years would be awesome <laughs> yeah and it, it both yeah so I think the, the only I think the only one that was like really good also was like uh, what was it Sojourner was like only supposed to last a couple of days and it lasted a couple of weeks I think or it's something crazy, like so like the percentage of how much longer it is is like it's insane uh, so yeah, so Ingenuity kind of like took the cake on that one uh, for for kind of being the best so next up That's cool we have a new commercial space station player which is uh, this company was a little interesting so Vast a relatively new space company on the scene announced plans earlier this month to build a free flying commercial space station that will launch as soon as 2025 not 2030 yeah that's pretty that's pretty fast man i mean we're we're halfway yeah. through 23 right now so that's a, that's you know what 18 months that they they're sort of targeting there yeah yeah the design would be much simpler uh, than versions coming from axiom or space or uh, space uh, being just a single module that will fit inside a Falcon 9 fairing. The uh, station named Haven 1 would be a, able to support a crew of four for up to 30 days at a time. The company has further plans to develop larger modules that would fit inside Starship and stations that can spin to create artificial gravity. Nice. Vast was not on my radar at all. Like, yeah. I, I think um, I saw Davenport report and uh, create a um he did an interview with uh, a vast uh, member i didn't actually read it i just saw the headline um and uh <laughs> I to try to find my washington post description <laughs> um but uh and uh, i like hmm, that i don't know the story so i had to look up on the press release and you know they, i think uh there was some other articles that came out on it i'm like ooh, this company turned out they bought launcher wow okay uh, so if you don't so they bought launcher like a few months ago and i totally missed that one as well that was in february and so Launcher, if you don't know who Launcher was, it's kind of, it was like a startup. It was kind of another Relativity, another Firefly. Like they were going to start, start up and build a, a small lift launcher as they kind of compete in that market. And so they bought them up and they're kind of, they're keeping, they kept 
Um, they they got rid of the rocket, but they kept the engine development. And Launcher also had a like a space tug type product. So Vast, uh, their goal is. By the way, founded by I don't know I didn't put the name in of uh, who actually found it. It's in the article somewhere, but uh, he's a cryptocurrency billionaire. Mm. That's how he made his money. That's like kind of the first cryptocurrency, like billionaires, kind of the make the make the space scene. So it's a little interesting to see that, and he's self funding it too. Like that's, that's all. That's all he did on on crypto. So they want to build a bunch of space stations, and <laughs> he's self funding um, it until you find out system. it's fraudulent, and he's really just using everybody else's fake money. <laughs> As everything with crypto, you never know where the money actually is coming. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's so who knows? But uh, yeah, so. They bought Launcher. They kind of bought them for their... Apparently, they were like... They wanted them um, merge. Mm-hmm. Or, like, not merge, but, like, just cooperate. And uh, so, Max Hoyt, who's who's the CEO of Launcher... Actually, I hung out with him on a, on a boat for a while. And we talked, and he's a really cool guy. And I met his family. And Okay, and man. I see you... Very, I see nice flex hanging out on a boat. Yeah. He, uh, he has a very harsh tongue. Like, he will swear a lot. Um, but um, he's a cool guy. So, I, I do have a video on my YouTube channel, and you can... I had to blur out... I think I had to bleep out a lot of swears. Um... But uh, he, uh, so, he's, so they were kind of like building, you know, this. they wanted to kind of cooperate with their kind of business, businesses and they kind of started like, well, why don't you just buy us instead? And then so they've kind of merged their, their workforces and they're kind of going forward on taking that orbiter, not that orbiter, like space tug, and developing that, that into a, a space station. Nice. So it pretty much looks like a, like a single module of the space station. Yeah. Um, so yep. kinda it's like, like a micro station. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It kind of makes sense as like, the first step to commercial mm-hmm. space stations is not like this massive structure from Sear Space or Axiom or whatever. Less risk. Um, but Less risk. Like, it's just a little like thing you dock with that just expands your habitability. So you're not spending a month inside Dragon. Right. You know? So yep. that's... They kind of... They obviously have a deal with SpaceX. Like they're pretty straightforward on like this is launching on a Falcon 9. The next region launching on Starship. Everything's designed around those two rockets, mm-hmm. and the crew's launching on Dragon. Um, although, if it can launch on Dragon, if the crew, if the Dragon can dock with it, then Starliner can dock with it. If Starliner can dock with it, then Sierra Space's Dream Chaser can dock with it because it's all the same docking adapter, the International Docking Adapter. Reason why they called it the International Docking, docking. Adapter. Anyone can use it. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if they're just going to like lock down. Um, it to SpaceX, but uh, that's kind of like how uh, they've partnered with at the moment. So it looks like it's pretty well like established. So it, nice. It, now everything in the world, like Axiom, is building their first module that's going to launch in 2025, um, and they had a early, much earlier date for their launch, and that's has slipped to the right to be 2025. So everything in the space industry, yet first date you give. Doesn't mean anything. Like I would expect this probably. To <laughs> it's like a that's like a save it, the date invitation. Yeah, it, and even save the date invitations are a little more concrete than uh, <laughs> than space flight save the date. Uh, it's like it's like oh, I think it's like they even put a month in there. I think it was like September or August. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if it launched on that date. It'll probably be twenty twenty six because yeah. they they they're just still developing it. So, um, but. That could be the first commercial state, uh, commercial, the first free flying commercial space station. Nice. So, Axiom yeah, that'd be cool. Will obviously be attached to the ISS, but that's going to be uh, free flying right away, which is super cool. Nice. All right. So, the next thing we're going to talk about, uh, <laughs> uh, next company, Rocket Lab, uh, is going to be a prevalent topic on this show. Uh, 
for this topic, uh, our, our, our main topic, and then future topics. So, uh, Rocket Lab began last week launching NASA's second tropics mission. The first one, of course, failed on an astro launch last year. The payloads will study forming tropical storms and hurricanes. Studying tropical... Studying former... My gosh, I should read these out loud before I type them. <laughs> the payloads will study forming tropical storms and hurricanes uh, as uh, much faster than before, providing better models for determining where these storms will go. Of course, for two of us that have lived in Florida, uh, we appreciate that. Yes. Later in the week, uh, Rack Lab hosted its 2023 first quarter earnings call, where the company stated that it will attempt to launch 15 electron rockets this year between its orbital and then future hypersonic mission profiles. Uh, in 2024, the company hopes to be able to launch 20 electrons. Rocket Lab has already um, is already the second most launching company in the United States, but is still miles behind SpaceX, who is attempting to launch 100 Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy rockets this year. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. Rocket Lab, is, this is Rocket Lab's year. This is the year for them to kind of have their breakout, you know, with double-digit missions and then just kind of push on us there because yep. you have Electron, which is of course launching the SmallSat missions um, orbital. Uh, you now have Haste, which came out last month, um, which is hypersonic something test Electron, something like that. <laughs> it's a, it's pretty much it's an Electron that they're going to fly into it, like a hypersonic uh, suborbital. Um, trajectory. So instead of it going out in space, they're just going to kind of fly through the atmosphere, and uh, it's pretty much for DoD testing. Nice. Some high level, some really crazy research labs probably uh, will use that kind of stuff, and that is very much needed right now. That's kind of like uh, with Virgin Orbit going bankrupt, which also, yeah, Virgin Orbit went bankrupt by the way. Yeah, it's the last, time, <laughs> it's the last time we were here. Um, I think you called that. I think you called yeah, both like, of these. <laughs> And uh, I was a little more shocked on Virgin Orbit. I thought Richard Branson would fund it a little bit longer, but he pulled out a lot sooner than I thought it yeah. was. Um, but he's over it. Um, so Virgin, when Virgin, they, there's a whole um, plan. I think what day is it today? Is today the fifteenth uh, or today the sixteenth? Uh, sixteenth. Okay, so yesterday was the deadline for uh, Rocket Lab um, uh, having formal proposal. Oh, not sorry, Virgin, Virgin Orbit having formal proposals and purchases. So we should see soon about whether or not you know what comes out of that. Um, so there's a lot of uh, speculation that Virgin Orbit will turn into a hypersonic test bed. Um, that's what happened to Strato Launch. If you remember Strato Launch, mm-hmm. with their massive plane out there on uh, in a uh, Maha, uh, Mojave uh, desert. Uh, so they've turned into a hypersonic um, kind of research company. And so Electron, so Rocket Rock Lab, being the pretty much leaders they are in the industry um, next to SpaceX has seen that opening and has turned their electron rocket into a, a hypersonic uh, test bed. That's cool. And so between those two missions, they're going to launch hopefully 15 uh, electrons this year. And all those hypersonics, though, are also going to come out of uh, um, wallops. So yep. maybe I'll see one and not just spend two weeks in Chikatik Island. Hopefully it'll be so, in a warmer time. <laughs> yeah. And you, won't, you'll still you and, won't lose your rims on your car. Yeah, I won't lose my rims. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I feel bad for the for the Rock Lab PR person who probably sees their stuff every time I bring it up. Like, yeah, and I lost my wheels. Um, <laughs> and nothing to do with the Rock Lab. All to do with my stupid mistake. Um, so, and uh, yeah, so they're just keep on growing. They keep on going. Uh, they have, uh, I think, sometime this week or next week, they're going to be launching the next Tropics mission. Um, and they're growing. Yeah, their business model's solid. It's, um, you know, and obviously we're going to get into this in a, in a few minutes, but like in this overcrowded 
you know, space, they seem to have their their eyesight on on clear cut achievable goals. Mm-hmm. They they went into their SPAC um, as a profitable, not well, I don't know if they're actually profitable, but as a with a sound business uh, source of revenue, um, and they went public. Um, and they have yeah, they've seen a huge decline in their stock price mm-hmm. since they went public, but that's I mean they went public in what was it, 2019, 2020? Everyone's down. So it doesn't really matter uh, that much. They're they're still they're they still have their heads well above water yep. um, compared to other companies at the moment. So like we'll talk about that more um, later in the episode. So next up, uh, Kathy Leader joins Kathy Leaders joins SpaceX as the GM of Starship of uh, Starbase. According to the sources at CNBC, Kathy Leaders, the former assistant associate administrator at NASA, has joined SpaceX just one month after her retirement from the agency. Sources state that she will serve as a GM at SpaceX's Starbase facility, the site of the development of the company's Starship rocket and NASA's human landing system. Leaders was in a pivotal position at NASA during SpaceX and Boeing's selection for both the commercial crew program and SpaceX's human landing system contracts. It's not uncommon for senior-level NASA officials to move from public to private sectors. However, there are laws barring lower-level NASA employees from doing the same. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, CNBC came out yesterday that they had sources saying that Kathy joins SpaceX and she'll be a GM down there at Starbase, which is great. Which is great for SpaceX. Great for her. I mean, she was working, you know, public sector and a public sector salary. Now she's working private sector, mm-hmm. private sector salary. So. Um, huge, you know, she's spent her years, many, many, many years at NASA, and so she kind of deserves that, uh, um, that kind of, that win, uh, being, moving there. However, uh, there is some concern about, you know, whether or not this should be allowed. Um, there's, SpaceX, when they started, there was a huge issue with, uh, I'm trying to think, it's a Kuiper, I think it was the company, or Crypt, there was a, there was another, pretty much the first Idea, you know, the company that wanted to be SpaceX but failed. Um, they got a contract for, I think it was a commercial resupply uh, contract, mm-hmm. um, and there was pretty much a rotating door of senior uh, executives at NASA and the company just going, just going around and around. So obviously, there was some concern whether or not there was some, uh, you know, corruption yep. in that in that contract decision. Um, and so now we're seeing, this is the second NASA. Huh? More than that, actually, I think there's been at least two um, associate uh, administrator level positions um, of NASA. We had Gersmeyer, um, who was actually Kathy's uh, pre- uh, predecessor um, in the position. So he moved to SpaceX as a VP, and now Kathy's moved on to SpaceX as a GM down there at Starbase. So while there's a lot of concern that, that lower level employees can't do the same they have to wait a year or two years before they can even get a job uh, in any sort of um a position that would be similar to what they did at nasa i think that kind of makes sense versus senior level positions while i think senior levels has a bigger issue with contracts because she she pretty much led the way for spacex to get these contracts yep. like she developed commercial crew program with spacex then she moved on to manage the human spaceflight directorate which then gave the contract um well helped give the contract to Starship um, for HLS and then continued expanding the, the contract with SpaceX for commercial crew per, uh, per program and commercial resupply. Um, that's a lot of money moving between companies. Um, she was making though like close to probably 160 plus thousand dollars a year. Like she's not, she's not, you know, when you make it senior level executive, like you're, you're making good money, even the government. Um, 
the low level uh, low level engineers are not making that much. Right, uh, the, right. the public sector, you're not you're not making crazy amounts of money. Uh, while you could be making crazy amounts of money uh, moving to the private, to sector. private so yeah. there is actually yep. a pretty good yeah, and you get stock options to, and all kinds of other yeah. There's a there's yeah. a much bigger benefit I think for lower level sure. employees than than senior level employees. Um, it's just more advantageous for the company on that end on senior level yep. than lower level. So there's concerns on both. Should neither of them have? Should we just wipe out the? Uh, I think it's called the Hatch Act. Just wipe that clear and just not worry about it and just probably have a bunch of corruption or just lock it down to no one can do it. And then you have all this, all these really talented people who then have to wait years before they can get jobs. I don't know. It would be. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I, you, you obviously, you know, you see this in the tech world a lot, right? There's like all kinds of yeah. clauses and NDAs and different um, non-compete clauses that you have to mm-hmm. deal with, you know, if you're jumping from like Google to Apple or whatever. So it's, I mean, and that's obviously private to private, uh, but it's, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. It's interesting. And I think with this, it's, they have to also be very careful with, you know, there's, there's proprietary stuff, you know, sometimes maybe it might be military involved or other government, um, you know, sectors. Proprietary, yeah. Especially someone at her level working with not just SpaceX, but all space. Exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's total, there's a ton of, there's like a ton of red tape that, you know, has to be probably, you know, looked at. So. Yeah. It's a touchy subject, no matter which way you go. So. But that's the move, and good thing for Kathy because we don't lose her. She stays in the industry. Yep. Uh, she's a very um, talented and very uh, uh, influential person yep. um, that can get things done. So always happy to see her uh, stuck around. So Yeah, it's just uh, another yeah. classic then, SpaceX move, right? Gobble up great talent. Um, you know, yeah, that's pretty much. How, you know, so. That's how, how they've always built it. Yeah, pretty much. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to a little bit more of a cool. topic uh, next. And we'll be back. All right, and we're back with uh, our main deep dive topic, which again, like I said, is Rocket Lab. We're back to Rocket Lab because Rocket Lab snatched up a, another contract from another provider. So we talked about Tropics before. That was originally on Astra. Yeah. Then Astra um, pretty much ended his Rocket 3 program after that failure and moved on to Rocket 4, which is not part of NASA's uh, venture class launch contract. And so NASA went elsewhere. Uh, they had to look elsewhere, and they went with Rocket Lab because Rocket Lab, uh, I, I guess... If I was NASA, I just lost two payloads on a mission, um, and I have four more, yeah. and it's really, really important that these four make it yeah, to Yeah, and to really orbit. expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, they're not, uh, well, they're not really that expensive. I just think the, they, they've reached their budget. They can't build more. Um, it was really awesome to have six, because it would, you'd have more, but you needed at least four for the Constellation, and now you're only down the four. So, going to Rocket Lab, much more uh, successful and much more... Um, long-term used uh, long-term uh, uh history with nasa and or at least with launching uh, that's a pretty safe option yeah so uh rocket lab rocket lab has gained yet another contract from the hands of a fellow small sat launcher this this time a group of nasa small sats that will be that will form the agency's first swarm constellation in space named starling not starlink not starship not starbase starling starling not Starliner, uh, uh. Um, Starling. I put that in an article. I wrote it. My, if you're using text-to-speech, because I use text-to-speech a lot to like listen to my articles, uh-huh. um, it sounds the same thing as Starlink. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not Starlink. It's Starling. <laughs> uh, it will test the ability to use swarm uh, a swarm of satellites in orbit rather than traditional independent satellites that share an orbit. 
Uh, this will reduce the workload on ground operators and potentially simplify constellation management. NASA has future plans to use swarm technology on larger constellations. And I have to double check here just to make sure I know what company it came from before. So we're going to have another train up there. This is going to be the Starling train, not the Starlink Starling train. train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So this company, where did I? More space junk. It? Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, it's it's a it's only a constellation. I think of like four satellites up there, and they're, they're testing swarm versus for now. Yeah, they're testing a swarm satellite. The next one's like six satellites. Yeah. Um, it's testing pretty much the ability to rather than having uh, people on the ground figure out what to control each individual satellite independently, you send it to the constellation as a whole, and it figures out like okay, how's the best way of handling this this command you've sent, uh, rather than it just you're just saying okay this satellite change your orbit by this direction or this satellite take this photo you're just like hey constellation please take this photo yep um and so it's kind of a, a little bit cooler way of handling this and this is the contract that they took uh, was originally on firefly so if you don't so firefly like i said we have also talked about launch of this episode and and um, other companies firefly has the alpha rocket and they have launched uh twice out of vandenberg and the first one failed shortly after launch, and the second one uh, made it to orbit, but just barely it underperformed, um, and so all the payloads on board that uh, deorbited after about a week, um, so they didn't have enough altitude to kind of stay up there. So, there's more delays coming from Firefly again. Again, we're <laughs> seeing a big kind of like I think we're seeing uh, a year ago you would have looked at the industry and you'd be like, man, it's booming. Like, we have all these new companies coming on board and they're all going to be launching within the next year or two. Um, and everything's great. There's going to be so many options to launch this while set. And now we're looking at, like, okay, Virgin Orbit is pretty much going to be, you know, there's a chance that Virgin Orbit reemerges, but um, its business model, even when it started, was not sustainable. So it will probably either be defunct or will pivot into hypersonic or just, you know, kind of be like, yeah, just broken up. Yeah, or uh, you have Astra. Yeah, Astro's moving into a larger rocket. They're no, they're no longer launching their small Rocket Three. Rocket Four is a much larger, much capable, more rocket. Still, we, I think I still I think it's still considered a small sat launcher. Um, launcher got bought up, so Launcher's no longer building a rocket. Um, you have uh, you have Firefly with Alpha, and they're they're having some delays. I think they want to launch. They, they have a launch supposedly this month, but I've heard nothing about it. So. I, we, I don't think we really have an idea of when the next Firefly launch is going to be. Sometime probably this year, but this uh, I think kind of like the reason why NASA moved off of it was because they they saw something. You know, they see Alpha. Yeah, they're still launching, but they must have seen some sort of delay in their launch time from Firefly. I went, yeah, no, we need this to go up sooner um, rather than later. So they moved it off of it, and then we're seeing. Uh, let's see, uh, if uh, Relativity launched the Terran One, and that was. A widely successful mission. Uh, it made it into Miko. Made, it made it almost all the way to stage separation, and then it had a failure, which is much better. Like that's like that was probably the most graceful failure of a first rock, uh, launch from a small yep. sat mission. Um, rather than you know, Astros had some dramatic failures. Firefly had a dramatic failure. SpaceX had its dramatic failures. Um, <laughs> Relativities was relatively graceful and actually really relatively like surprising to a lot of people. So, but they're moving on to Terran Arc, which is going to be a medium to heavy lift. Uh, it's going to compete mm -hmm. with SpaceX's Falcon 9. Uh, that's no longer going to be, you know, a, 
a small sat launcher and we don't know how Terran one's going to turn out. So now we're looking pretty much at Rocket Lab. Like Rocket Lab's pretty much the big player right now in small sat launches and they're pretty much going to become, in my opinion, I think they're going to become the SpaceX of small sat launches where nice. the majority goes to Rocket Lab and you might see some one-off stuff from a couple of companies, but they have kind of cemented themselves right now with NASA as the better option for all of these missions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've seen it twice now in the past you know, few months that Rocket Lab or NASA needs to move elsewhere and they go to the Rocket Lab. It's good that Which there's options out there, but yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there were a lot more options last year than there are this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, yes, maybe more, but maybe not, you know, as quality. You know, I think mm-hmm. we're, and this is probably going to come up in here in just a second, but, um, you know, as things start to scale back, the quality yeah. has to go up. It goes up, right? It just naturally yeah. the cream rises to the top, so. So, yeah, let's just go right into our, like, I'll, I'll just throw right into our hot take and continue this yeah, discussion. Yeah, give it to us. Uh, we're just we're gonna we're, my my pretty much my opinion and, and hot take is that we're going to see a collapse of the space of the small sat launch market. Yeah. Um, there, uh, right? I mean, even Peter Beck. I mean, Peter Beck sees it too, and that's why he's tailoring. He's really pushing hard on Electron and having multiple launch platforms and reusability and um, launching. And I, I feel like some people are going to be like, "Well, you're a Rocket Lab fan," but I'm like, "Well, I mean, yeah, I, I spent a lot. Of, I mean, I spent a lot of time with with Peter Beck, and he's a really freaking smart person. Like, he knows yeah. what he's talking about. So, like, when he says something, I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. Um, and just you look at the rest of the um, the industry is where it's going. Like, yeah, it's gonna be re- it's really hard to compete with a company that's firing all cylinders, and you're trying to still get your engine started. Yeah. Sometimes, no literally, for some companies, and other figuratively for other companies. Right. Um, so it's uh, we've there's so many more companies that have like announced that like we've seen nothing from them since then. Like Vector restarted. Uh, if you know Vector from years and years and years ago, um, was a was a small set launcher like the original. Like it was before Rackalab even got up and started. Mm-hmm. Well, up and like going at full speed. Then they were kind of like shady and i didn't know what they were and then they've kind of like come back out of stealth mode with a new ceo we've seen nothing from them um you have phantom space which uh uh really poorly named because it's the same original ceo from um the vector that everyone was thought was really shady so <laughs> creating a company <laughs> called phantom probably not a great pr yeah. move by that guy yeah they've had apparently they're apparently they have contracts and they have a they, they're getting um uh, like uh, leasing land at Cape Canaveral. Like, uh, um, a few weeks ago, or a few I mean, a month ago, um, Cape Canaveral Space Force Station announced uh, new companies that are going to be releasing launch pads. And they were on the list. And there was a bunch of different companies like that on the list. Like I think it was like, um, Firefly, and I think you had um, Phantom, and a few other companies. I think even, was it Launcher on one? I don't know. I had to go back through and, set and check. But, which looks great, but like when you're really looking at it, when you're looking at the market, it's like, okay, how can they compete right. in a market that's already <clears throat> yeah. just if Rocket Lab can launch multiple times a month? Like, I think we've gone past the point where um, anyone who says they're going to try to launch once a day, unless you're Starship and you need to launch multiple times a day because you're right. refilling a rocket that's going to Mars, like that's pretty much I don't I think no one believes that anymore. Like no one really believes that you know multiple launches per day is actually probably ever going to happen because I just it doesn't look like the market not anytime soon. support that. What? Not anytime soon. Yeah, or anytime soon. I mean, it's just uh, the it's just whether or not the market can actually support it, whether or not the orbit orbit can actually support it. Like, can we actually have that many satellites in orbit? 
Like that's always well. A big people said that about the sky. <laughs> yeah, how many how many planes can we have? And yeah, we, yeah, I think yeah. we get to that because a concern. We're like, yeah, we're never going to actually meet that because we actually don't need that. Yeah, you know, at some point, right? You, it's flights. diminishing returns. You don't actually need it. Yeah, yet. and I think that's like uh, I think that's a valid point for for orbit. Like we like the 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 area of the sky that we talked about before is much, much larger in orbit because you have multiple orbits and it's right. just a larger sphere. So you have much more room to be in. Um, but we're seeing some concern already. Like Rackalab has stated that they have to delay some launches because of, you know, Starlink. Starlink's being overhead. Um, yep. It, it's, and, you know, China's coming out with thousand, uh, a couple, th- uh, they want to do the, build their own constellation, a couple thousand star, uh, satellites. And Russia wants to build one, and Europe wants to build one, and NASA wants to build stuff. And, like, the DoD wants to have a bunch of different constellations up there instead of having it's a one land satellite. Drive. Yeah, it's a land, like, it's everyone wants to now point. build these satellites. And because land is physical, like, you can you can go, like, when, like, you can physically go to an island, plant a flag, and put people there and be like, do not come here. Um, right. Orbit's a little bit harder. You can't put a space. Well, okay, you could put a space station up there, man it with some marines, and be like, don't come into our orbit. But like, <laughs> that sounds like a that's, terrible idea. That's really impractical. <laughs> it's very, yeah, very it impractical. Sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, it's much, much harder to like claim a sta- like stake a claim to an like an orbital inclination. So like having more and more orbits, it's just like I think eventually we're going to get to the point where like, hey, does every company need to have its own constellation or like? Does or one company orbit? have a constellation <laughs> that you lease space on the payloads on? And some companies look at yeah. that rather than building their own satellites. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of like it's just. I think we're not going to see the small sat market grow to the point where I think a lot of us has kind of envisioned it would be. Yeah. Um, like later this month. Yeah, it's um. I mean, there's a finite amount of space. No pun intended. But uh. You're right. At some point, it's just going to be silly, and it just needs to be like, come on, can we share these orbits, you know, or can we share the same, you know, network of of satellites, you know, or can we, you know, is there a way to double up the tech on on the satellite to launch it, you know, so that it, it occupies the same space, but you're getting twice as much uh, equipment out of, you know, one satellite. But yeah, at some point, it's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I it's already. It I mean, it's already ridiculous. Like this one, a, like it's basically one a week now with uh, at least one a week with with SpaceX, you know. And they're going for a hundred, yeah. so that's two a week. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's already a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me uh, the next time I think we've talked about Astra a lot on the on the stream. I've always yep. said uh, I don't think they're going to survive. Um, let's talk about their most Q one Q one earnings here. Um, so Astra burned forty five million dollars in Q one. And they currently have $62 million in cash on hand, or cash equivalents on hand. Um, they, it doesn't seem like a uh, lot, though. Yeah, it does not seem like a lot. This is like a similar state that, uh, that Virgin Orbit was in um, end of last year. Uh, best case scenario is that they will burn through $35 million in the uh, Q2 um, and maybe make a few million dollars off some engine sales that they have. And I pretty much just asked the question into our Slack channel. Um, how is this company still around? <laughs> uh, which yeah, it's mean, like it's one of one of these companies that like they they got an extension on their on their uh, Nasdaq or is it Nasdaq? Yeah, it's Nasdaq um, delisting warning uh, for another like six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they could save themselves that way from being delisted. By I feel I still feel like split. somebody's going to buy them out at some point. Uh, a buyout would would totally make sense because they don't. Yeah. It's not like they don't have anything valuable. Like they have right right. Um, 
they have a lot of uh, uh, engineering talent. They have a lot of, um, you know, hardware talent. Well, like they have, they... The time, man, just the R&D, the time. Like, that's that's the, the key ingredient to a lot of these companies. It's just like, like you yeah. said earlier, you know, like, how are you supposed to compete when, uh, you know, someone like SpaceX is firing on all cylinders, but you're just trying to get your first, you know, rocket off the ground. So yeah. buying a company like, they, like them... You know, they, they've had success at some point. They, you know, they have achievable things and they have a ton of R&D mm-hmm. that they've already put in. And they've already built, and they already spent, they spent years are, uh, developing their Rocket 3 Rocket exactly. uh, vehicle. And so it was really, really, concer- it was concerning to me when they looked at that that last failure of the last launch and said, we need to completely redo our rocket system. I'm like, okay, you're already cash-strapped, like as it is. Like you're already, at that point, I think they were getting close to the less than $1 mark. Like, you're getting to the point where you have to look for outside funding, you know, because you're not going to be getting, obviously not going to be making all the money off the stock market at the point, yep. at this point. And you're looking, you have a rocket that's just, like, almost there it, from the outside. It looks like it's almost there. So whatever they saw on the inside is that they have to completely redevelop their, not just their, not just their rocket, but their launch, their whole launch mm-hmm. system as a whole, their whole company. They've had to redo it. Like, okay, so what were you doing before that was so bad <laughs> That you are going to risk this, you have to burn this amount of cash to fix yeah, it. Yeah, like, what have you guys been doing all this time? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they've been uh, they've been building the Rocket 3, they've been developing Rocket 3. It's just like, right, what, right, right. No, just... What systems did you have in place that were just yeah. not going to be successful that you yeah, found out yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you did? So that's that's a little concerning whether or not, like, that company, I mean, just what comes out of it. Uh, I think Rocket 4 is supposed to launch sometime this year. Maybe they'll find outside funding. Maybe the rock, maybe, maybe they'll just get, they'll just be like SpaceX and just have like money, just have just enough money to launch Rocket 4. Um, because in, in the rocket industry, you have to successfully launch the rocket to get paid. Like you can't, right, right. You don't right. get paid up front. You get yeah, paid. It's, it's, at, you it's know. not, it's not the tech industry where you, I have this idea. <laughs> yeah. I have this idea. Now. Well, yeah, it is. It has been the tech industry for the past, you know, decade. Right, right, right. I have this idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Hundreds of millions of dollars. um, But now it's to the point where, you know, we're not seeing that sort of investment anymore. We're not seeing, um, you know, just billionaires come in and be like, hey, yeah, like here's a bunch of money for a company. Um, Like I'm just going to invest it. Like we're not not seeing the investment anymore, which is why, you know, Virgin Orbit kind of defuncted was because they needed Mm -hmm. money and Richard Branson went, no, like find money elsewhere. Like you can't. Yep. I'm not. I'm out. So uh, that's and that's going to be happening a lot. I think more, a lot more people are going away from the launches. Um, however, we're we're seeing a lot more space systems um, kind of companies pop up and be successful and investing mm-hmm. in companies that want to deal with space junk or wanting to build systems for satellite buses or solar panels or um, the new company on NuView uh, that, that came out of stealth mode this month. They want to do a, a LiDAR 3D mapping of the entire world because techno, uh, the the energy density and um, lo, you know, sensors on LiDAR have, you know, between being able to have a uh, satellite bus that can produce enough power and mm-hmm. a LiDAR sensor that can suck as little power as, poss- power as possible, um, you can now actually have a LiDAR-based. That's cool. Um, privately, privately funded LiDAR-based uh, <laughs> uh, satellite versus uh, the ones that are up there that are all NASA built and are massive so right. i think like isat 2 i think has a lidar sensor on it but that's like a very specifically built satellite um new view has like it's going to be building like a constellation of 20 to do like a 3d map of the entire world every single year 
So that's super, super cool. Like that's, that's where I think we're going to see the growth in the industry is kind mm-hmm. of on the, the market side, the, um, the, uh, the, the customer side versus the launchers. Like I think we've pretty much right. set our ways where SpaceX and one, one other is Richard, um, uh, Peter Beck. This is what Peter Beck stated in an interview like a few weeks ago that, um, he, he thinks that SpaceX is going to be the king and then like one other, one or two people are going to be able to compete with SpaceX. Yep. Um, yep. And that medium to heavy launch like area. So who is that going to be? Rackalai wants to be it with Neutron. Um, New Glenn mm-hmm. wants to be it. ULA wants to be it. Um, who else out there? Ter- uh, Relativity wants to be in there. Yep. Europe wants to be in there. China, Russia, uh, Blue Origin. All want to... Blue, yeah, Blue, or- yep, Blue Origin with New Glenn. At some point. I think New Glenn, not Blue Origin. <laughs> um, yeah. So like there's a lot of people in there who wants to play in this medium launch game. Yeah, um, and it's going to be difficult to I think to, to have all of them win, and uh, equally, there's a good amount of people who want in on this small, small launch case, um, and I yeah I think it's only going to be a handful of people who can yeah. survive that too. So. Yeah, there's a the parallel industry right now. If, if anybody out there is sort of new to space, is to look at uh, the streaming wars. This is kind of happening. Ex- mm-hmm. This is exactly how it's playing yeah. out in like more merges. TV. Like was HBO yeah, and. Um, is Discovery. It, Hulu? it was Disco- no. It was Discovery. Disney just finished okay. purchasing, repurchasing, or purchasing the other side of Hulu. Um, so That's Hulu right. and Disney was. Plus is all going to be like merged together. Yeah, you're going to see that a lot more. So it, yeah. it's very similar. It's a very interesting parallel. I wonder who Amazon is going to buy because you know they're going to buy someone. Yeah, Netflix. Yep. Call them. W- it's not a tech podcast, would- but now it is. <laughs> that would be interesting. I remember I made a, uh, I, I was on a, I guested on a, on the 905 Mac podcast, uh, and, uh, he asked me when, um, what was it? He just said like, yeah, when do you think, uh, Apple Music Classical is going to come out? And I'm like, ah, it's next week. <laughs> and it was, like, I don't know, dude. there was, Boom. like, I'm just here to be the body. Like, I'm just, I don't know anything about <laughs> Apple. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a warm body for you to talk to at the moment. So that's how uh, I feel here. That's how I feel here. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that, is, that is this week's episode of the Space Report Podcast. Uh, I think we went over in the 30 minutes. Uh, we did. I don't think we went over that much because we were at 22 minutes on our first recording and we're at 20 minutes now. So It was close. There was some, was close. There's, there's some editing in there that we could probably get done. Yeah, to, like, definitely, definitely. So uh, thank you everyone for uh, checking out with us. Uh, make sure you head over to spacereport.com. Uh, check out our new logo, our new redesign. Uh, it's purple now. I'm wearing red still, but it's purple Purpley, now. Purpley, purpley. Um, yeah. I spent way too much time with our social media manager for a tweet <laughs> to talk about our, uh, and then I just tweeted the meme where it's like, it's purple. Like always has been. Like, you didn't brand the purple. We didn't brand the purple. It should have been like, you know, like, I don't know, S E purple or, or whatever. S E purple. Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a hex. I mean, we could, I don't know. Well, yeah, know but you got to brand it. Big enough for, we're not big <laughs> enough for that yet. Um, so we actually had to redo. I just remember the other day, I'm like, Oh, we should probably redo our, uh, our store. Cause we actually have a website, by the way, if you're interested, we have uh, we have like a store. You can buy Space Explorer merch. Uh, it's just our logo on T-shirts. So um, buy at your own will. It's it's you know if you want it, uh, but it's the old logo. Please support. The so, Please support. Uh, if you want if you want the old Space Explorer logo, if you want the helmets, like we have that on a uh, T-shirt. So we have that. that well, now that can be re- vintage. That's going to be a throwback. Yeah, I should actually go through and buy all buy a shirt of all of them, the old stuff, and then and then have it redone. Ah, inside trading. Um, so uh, yeah, check out us out on the website. Uh, check us out uh, on social media. I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at Seth Kirk. Jared, you can find me uh, Jared, you're on multiple places. Yeah, anywhere on the lo- on the line on the line uh, <laughs> at Hyperlight H Y P R L Y T E. 
And uh, we actually, I, I, I just created a Discord server for Space Export. I don't know. I, I just start dropping the links in a, uh, in an article. So it's just me nice. in there and a, and a handful of other people. So uh, I, I will put the link in the, in the description if you want to join. It's just, it's really just me. If you just want to talk to me, uh, I'm, I'm lonely. Please talk. It's a direct talk. line. <laughs> it's a, it's legit a direct line. There's no one else. It's, it's yeah. like we have a hundred members, but no one talks. So it's just me in yeah. there. Uh, sometimes sending like forum, creating forum posts. Um, so yeah, so come by and check that out. And of course, you can listen to us uh, on all the major streaming pla- all the major and unmajor because we're on smaller ones uh, podcasting uh, platforms. Uh, in, you know, was it was it Apple, Google, yeah, Apple, Google, YouTube, Stitcher. I don't know. Just another one. Yeah, all anyway, the above. Those, those are the major. All, all of the above. We're all there. So check us, and we'll be back. We will be back next week. Yes, we're back. Yes, we will. If it's, I will will it into existence. We will be back next week. All right. Have a good one. Yep.